All right, everyone, welcome to the Tuesday, July 20th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined on Tuesdays by my man, Mr. Big Marcel. Marcel, what's up, man? How's it going? What's up, man? All good. Um, pretty, pretty rough day today, but uh, all good. What happened? Uh, what happened? Tell me. <laughs> uh, just, just very busy, and uh, I told you about uh, my, my uh, how do you say that? Uh, I, have, I have some pain. So uh, I told mm. you about that. So uh, I'll go to the doctor tomorrow, but uh, nothing big, I hope. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. It. I hope Marcel's okay. I, I don't want to do the podcast alone, so I, I like it better <laughs> when, when you're healthy, Marcel. But yeah, we do have um, the whole card to preview today, guys. So UFC Vegas 32, San Hagen versus Dillashaw. I'm looking forward to talking about this card with you, Marcel. I feel like there's some pretty good fights on this card. They're kind of going under the radar. Um, just while I set it up, just give me your overall thoughts on, on this card and of the main event, which obviously was supposed to happen in, I think, May. Was pushed back till now. So, any thoughts on the the card as a whole before we get into it? Card is good, man, but it's flying under the radar because the UFC doesn't know what they're doing with their bout order. You know what I mean? There are certain fights on the prelims that deserve to be on the main card, and certain fights on the main card that should be on the prelims. And I know Dana always says like uh, every fight has a certain order on the card, but it's like just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, we'll talk about it, but uh, I had to say it, man, because it's not just me. If you look all over the internet, all over Twitter as well, people say the same thing. You know, there are certain fights that deserve to be on the main card. How do you not put Yanis against Costa on the main card? You know what I mean? Two bright prospects fighting each other and you just randomly put them uh, on a prelim, just randomly, not even on a feature prelim, but just randomly somewhere and also alan against soriano same thing for me you know but yeah what can you do yeah that fight's phenomenal too i, I agree i agree with everything said quinn says good evening hey what's up man how's it going all right so let's get into the card here um we'll start with the first fight and just work our way up as we usually do so give me one sec here guys pulling it up we have 12 fights if i'm not mistaken um the one fight doc is it's still listed or actually no no it's still listed yeah on ufc stats but that fight's not happening obviously um, it's been moved to next week's card, I want to say, right? That's next, next week, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so someone got COVID, I think, on Shamil's team. Anyways, let's get into this card. So we'll start with the women's strawweight division here. Diana mm -hmm. Belbita taking on Hannah Goldie, Marcel. Belbita moving down in weight, guys, to 115. That's definitely something to note about this fight. She's going to be pretty big for this weight class, in my opinion. Um, hasn't fought in a minute now. Her last fight was in July of last year, so it's been a year since Diana's fought, but... It's been two years since Hannah's fought, since uh, she lost to Granger two years ago. So right now, the odds for this fight, Marcel, it's very close. Minus 120, Hannah Goldie, plus 100, Diana Belbita. So what do you think here, man? Who, who's you going to pick in this one? Yeah, man, you know Belbita, uh, in my opinion, if she looks, or if she fought how she looked, she was probably top five, you know, because uh, I think she looks very good. Um yeah, we saw it twice in the UFC, and twice it wasn't good. You know, the Molly McCann fight wasn't good. I remember she had a few a few moments that, that were okay in that fight, but wasn't good at all in totally. And I think the Jojua fight, she, she got she got beat early, you know. Uh, she came from RXF in, in, in uh, Romania, I think, where this, that's one of the biggest organizations in uh, Romania. Um, I know she fought a KSW as well against Ariana Lipsky in that huge event, that uh, that record-breaking event in Poland, where she also lost by armbar. The thing is, uh, her opponents she fought so far aren't that great either. Where uh, she won against, you know, she has two wins against Anna Maria Paul, and that girl is known for headbutting a guy on a TV show. And uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, that th those are not the best fighters uh, you can fight. If you look at Hannah Goldie. 
Hannah Goldie has one fight in the UFC so far. Uh, very many pullouts due to injury or whatever happened. Mm -hmm. And now going back, now going to uh, to to one fifteen, right? I know uh, her first fight was at was at one twenty five. Um, she lost to Granger. I think it was a was a close fight. I think she deservedly won. Uh, lost, by the way. Um, but in, in the other fights I saw her, she looked pretty solid, you know. And I think um, I kind of be a coin flip because I'm definitely not sure who's going to win. Lobita hasn't shown me anything that I say is UFC caliber. And Hannah Goldie uh, hasn't been consistent in her fighting. She she hasn't fought since 2019. It's all it's like two years ago. Um, I would take Goldie here. I think it's a safe pick to go with Goldie, and I would take her via decision. So this one's tough. This is definitely a tough one, guys. I, I think it's it's pretty close. I, I think the odds are probably right. Um, you know, Goldie, I really liked her against Penne earlier this year. I, I was going to mm -hmm. bet on her in that fight. This is a different fight against a different opponent, though, who's a lot younger. Like, Belbita is really young. Like, you got to remember that. Like, this girl's only 25. She just turned 25. Um, she's training in Canada now, actually near me, down in Stony Creek, Ontario, which is cool. Training with Kyle Nelson and those guys. So that's kind of cool. She's been there, I think, for like the last year, learning English um which i like now so i i honestly didn't really remember much about her so i had to well i was watching her fights again today there's a lot of them on youtube you're right marcel the girls she fought in romania are terrible like they're really bad um they're terrible like you guys go watch yourself they don't know how to keep their chin down they they can't stuff a takedown so it's hard to get a good read of her but mm. watching her ufc fights back you know man i know she lost to molly mccann but for a girl who's making her debut at a young age you know and she did lose pretty bad like she was grounded out like she was putting up a decent fight though like she's hard to to get out of there like she's very relentless and pushes forward with pressure and you know i look at this fight and i don't think goldie's a great fighter by any means like i think she's got she's obviously very physically strong you look at her she's very strong her technical striking is okay but she has no power and i don't think her wrestling is that good either so to me like this is a fight between two flawed fighters but one of the fighters is only 25 years old and one of the fighters has a three-inch uh, reach advantage and a six, seven-inch, excuse me, reach advantage, which is huge. So I think it's close, but I, I, I think Belbita could pull it off as an underdog. So I'm leaning towards her, actually, Marcel. I, I didn't think I would say that before I did the tape study, but after I watched the fights again, even though she's fighting bad competition, I just, I think there, there's something to like about this girl. She's, I think, I think she can win based on her pressure alone, just like Miranda Granger won her fight against Tanagoli. Just by pressuring her and pushing her back, I think that's what could happen in this fight. So I'm leaning a little bit towards Diana Belbita. I think it's a close fight, but I would I would I would take the upside of the younger fighter with the the length and reach advantage and height advantage. All right, let's go to the next fight here, Marcel. We have in the uh, women's flyweight division, Sajara Eubanks against Elise Reed, and the odds for this one, Eubanks right now minus three ten, Elise Reed plus two fifty five. So Eubanks a pretty solid favorite here. What do you think? Yeah, the the question is, can Sajara Eubanks make one twenty five again? You know, uh, we all know she went from flyweight to uh, one thirty five. Um, at one thirty five. Uh, she, she she didn't bad, do bad at first. She won two, but then she lost to Catlin Vieira and Penny Kanzat. Um, Elise Reed, uh, she has some good wins, man, in the regional scene, man. She got wins against Jasmine Jasuda Vicious, who is, by the way, Canadian, so yep. you're your country women. Yep. Uh, she she won against uh, Jillian DeCourcy, uh, Hillary Rose at CFFC. It was uh, both for the title, I think. Uh, was were two title defenses and one, one for the title against Jasmine Jasuda Vicious. Before that, she defeated the, the porn star in Bellator. So, um, 
yeah, yeah it's true <laughs> I can't yeah. say else. so, so um, yeah she, she has looked good but now she's normally fighting at 115 right and now she's going to 125 to fight Sajara Eubanks on short notice um, yeah man the thing is I don't think Sajara is that bad of a fighter that many people portray her all the time you know I think she's pretty solid I think her, her wrestling is good but she gasses, gasses out normally in the third round um, uh, if Ah, man, it's a flyway, man. That's what's really putting me off here for Elise Reed because uh, we all know Sajara Eubanks comes down from 135, right? And uh, I go, I think Eubanks will uh, will probably be too strong, man. I, I think Eubanks for a decision in this one. Yeah, so I got to be honest, I didn't know a lot about Elise Reed before this fight was announced. Like, I know she fought for CFFC and everything, but I don't, like, I didn't remember watching her fight. So I watched, I was watching her fight today. They're on Fight Pass. There's a couple of them. I watched the fight with Jasmine on um, the Canadian girl. Bro, I don't even think she won that fight. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, she won a split decision. I don't think she won mm -hmm. that fight. She was basically on, on her back for 15 minutes, but she did do a lot for her back. The judges rewarded her for that. But the fact that she was on her back for 15 minutes against someone like Eubanks, that is, that's just a bad sign. Like Eubanks, especially at 125, Marcel, look what she did to Julia Avila. Caught her mm -hmm. in the ground for 15 minutes and just grounded her out. There's no reason she can't do it in this fight. I think if you look at, so I'm not, I don't think Sarge is a great fighter, but if you look at her losses, she has lost to like really good competition for the most part. Um, Elise Reed to me struggled in that fight, and that's like one of the only you know UFC cow even the last fight with this girl Hillary Rose, she got yeah. dominated in the first round. The other girl gassed out and she was able to finish her in the second, but I just I haven't been too impressed. And then you said like um Rebecca Brigman, right? That's the, the adult actress, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That chick. What is she? She's zero one. So she didn't. Yeah, that's not. That's not a great win. I don't know. Like, I just, I wasn't as impressed as I thought I'd be from Reed. I mean, she has an okay game, like uh, the submission game and stuff. But I got to be honest with her. So I wasn't too. I mean, not. I just didn't even say submission game. She has no subs, but her grounding's okay. Like she can reverse you and stuff. Like what she did in some of her fights, she's able to reverse people off her back and and do damage and stuff with her elbows and stuff off her back. But. In fact, she's on her back. It's such a bad thing at this level of the sport, especially against someone like Sarge, who's going to be hard to submit off her back. So I, I like Sarge in this one, Marcel. I'm with you. I think she wins. Morgan says, Eubanks lost the badge, arguably beat Lad. Yeah, inconsistent her size and experience to get her to win. Solid boxing, wrestling. I agree. I, that's what I'm thinking, too. I think the line, it's a little high. I, I, I think a three, minus 310 is a little bit high, but I think definitely she should be between two and three to one in that range. She should be favored in this fight. It's The odds are right. But again, Sarge is not great, guys. She's six and six. So, like, is that someone you want to lay big juice on? I don't know. But at the same time, it's all matchups. Everything is a matchup. And in this matchup, I do like Eubanks a little bit. All right, let's go to the next one here. Julio Arce against Andre Ewell. Julio Arce, another fighter on this card, Marcel, dropping in weight class. He's going down to 135. He has not fought in about two years now. Um, he takes on Ewell here. The odds for this one, Marcel, minus 190. Julio Arce, plus 165 for Andre Ewell. What do you think? Yeah, I, I talked to Julio Arce before, and I asked him back then already why he dropped down to Bantam or to uh, where, where he went up to featherweight. And he's like, I'm really done with um, with cutting weight. You know, he's like, it's really doing a stall on me, so I'm really done with that. And then when he told me he was going back to Bantam weight, it's like when he, a year ago or something. I was like, why, why are you going back again? And he's like, those those guys federated are too big for me, and I'm I'm still can do I, I still can fight with them, you know. It's like I, I lost two split decisions at featherweight, and I won three fights in the UFC at featherweight. But um, 
those are just too big for me, those guys. So I'm going to bantam weight. So now finding Andre Ewell. Um, yeah, Ewell is a good fighter, but also very inconsistent, man. You know, um, if you look at his last three fights, he got a split decision win against Rivera, which should have been unanimous, I think. The Martinez fight, he won. I think Martinez won that fight, to be really honest. And the Kucherov fight, he got uh, he, he got uh, also a loss there, uh, most recently. I think um, that he probably still his biggest win in the UFC might be Hannah Barrow, you know? So, and it was his debut, split decision oh. win in 2018. If you look at Julio Arce, Julio was competitive in all of his fights in the UFC, I think. I think in Dawudu, he was very competitive, could have gone either way. The Shimon Marais fight, um, I remember he was trying to defend punches on the ground with his, with his legs, right? With his feet and with his legs. It was pretty crazy. Um, and he got some nice wins against Arosa and Tamer Stoppage. And probably his biggest win is also his debut win against Dan Ige, you know, a decision okay. win in short notice in 2018. So I think it's a pretty close fight. Overall, I think Julio Arce is the better fighter, and I would pick him, unanimous decision there. There you go. So i got to be honest, when I'm looking at this fight, um, you know, I, I feel like it's close, and I'm looking at it, and, you know, Ewell's got that huge reach, and I'm like, hmm, it's kind of intriguing. But then I'm watching the fights again for these guys, especially Arce, because he hasn't fought in forever, so I kind of forgot how he had been fighting, and man, he's good. You know, he's a solid fighter. He's a good striker, comes from Tiger Shulman, and you can see the striking. Like, it's, he's definitely a capable striker. Um, yeah. he's always walking forward. And I think at 135, he's going to be as big as these guys and as strong as them. Like even at 145, he didn't do that bad. Like he did well in the two losses by split decision, close fights. Um, you know, the guy's good, man. He's got good striking and, you know, his grappling is okay. I guess you will, I just think here's the thing with this guy. Like he's got, he's blessed with this height and reach at Bantamway five, eight with the 75 inch reach. That's crazy. You know, 75 inch reach. It's almost as long as my arms and I'm six foot three. I'm 78 inch reach. So this guy is huge for this division, right? The length, but does he really use it that well? Not really. And you look at a fight like the Gutierrez fight, the last one, just getting kicked in the leg, getting backed up the whole fight. This guy doesn't use his reach well. Also got dropped in that fight too. So for me, it's like you will could win this fight. And I don't know if I would want to lay the juice on Arce just because I don't know what he's going to look like at 135. But everything I've seen, Arce is the better fighter. So I believe he does win this fight. It's just that with him fighting, having not fought in two years, Marcel, and moving down in weight, I'm a little bit like worried a little bit just that he might drop this fight because of the ring rust and stuff. But I think, like, I just think he's the better fighter, so he should win for sure. Um, let's go to the next one here Adrian Yanez against Randy Costa. This is Marcel's main event of the evening. It's, on the, it's for some reason buried on the prelims. I, you know, at the end of the day, the card order doesn't really matter. I mean, we're, we're all of us in this chat are probably watching all the fights, so that's you know something to keep in mind, but. You know, for these guys as like athletes and stuff, it's always better to be on the main card because you probably have more eyeballs. So it just kind of hurts them if anything. So give me your thoughts on this one, Marcelo. You got Adrian Yanez here, minus uh, 220, plus 180 for Randy Costa. What do you think, Ben? It just bothers me still, man. It's like everybody's talking about this fight. Is the UFC not watching social media or whatever? You know what I mean? I mean, they are probably that stupid but uh, anyway sorry to say I, I gotta say it man i'm sorry i gotta be honest uh it's a great fight man it's bantamweight fight um adrian yanez against randy costa uh, yanez has looked great in the ufc so far man two finishes against gustavo lopez and victor rodriguez got a great probably one of the best wins in 2020 contender series against brady hong in the first round ko in the first 40 seconds i think um just an overall solid fighter, man. I really like him. He got he got a loss on his record against Miles Jones by a split decision. Yep. Um, 
that was for the LFA title back in 2018. Uh, but since then, he was he won all his fights, only one split decision in between, but all, was, all the other fights were finishes. If you look at Randy Costa, when he got signed, I was kind of hesitant with that. He was 4-0, I remember, in cage titans against no, no win against a positive record for po opponent. Lost to Brandon Davis in his debut, but then one against Boston Salmon and then one against Jordan Newsom, both uh, impressive knockout finishes. Um, gotta be honest, man, overall, I think Adrian Yanez uh, has more, uh, how do you say that, uh, has more experience to fight uh, better opponents, you know, and has more, um, he just has more experience. He, he looks uh, very, very good in the stand-up. I like his ground game is okay, but the stand-up is really sharp, you know. And uh, we also know Costa's uh, stand-up is sharp. But you got to be honest here, man. Yanes has to come back with wins over Carlos Estrada uh, in the regional scene. You know, he, he got uh, a full decision, five rounds with Miles Johns, for example. He fought a better uh, competition so far, you know, besides from the UFC competition. Um, I have to go with Yanes here, man. Uh, I like Randy Costa a lot, but I got to go with uh, with Adrian Yanes here. Uh, will it be a finish? I don't know, man, but it will definitely be a fight of the night if it, won't, if it will not be a finish. But uh, yeah, I, I, I got to think that Yanes will probably finish the fight. I'm going with a late third round stoppage for Adrian Yanes in this one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, lo I love this fight. I, I think it's definitely one of the best fights in the card, no doubt about it. Should be opening in the main card up. I mean, this fight's going to be fireworks yeah. as long as it lasts. So I really like both guys. I really, really like both these fighters, man. They're both very good young fighters. I'll just start with Costa quickly. Um, you know, the guy is super explosive. Like he is super explosive, huge power in that first round. And the way he switches his stance and is able to do it so fluidly and with power is unbelievable to watch. Um, the last two knockouts were just amazing. Uh, I really like this fighter. He's, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. But the problem with this guy is I watched that Brandon Davis fight again and it's like, he can't do it past the round. He has no gas tank. That's the problem here, guys. He has five minutes of gas. So I'm worried about this dude's gas tank. I really am um, after seeing that Brandon Davis fight because he wasn't able to put Brandon away. And then the second round, Brandon had more gas and was able to basically bully him on the feet and then get him down and submit him on the ground. Um, I realized that was his debut in the UFC. He's obviously improved since then, but he's not facing anyone easy here in Adrian Yanez, who's a stud. I mean, Yanez is just super, super good. He's so, like... Just talented everywhere. And I think he's definitely a guy who's going to be a future contender. I've been saying this for a while now. Like, you guys know how much I liked in the last couple of fights. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I really like the guy. I like both fighters, but I like Yanez more. And to me, he's the more measured striker and the more technical striker. Randy Costa has more power and he's a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more like uh, awkward, I guess, um, in our orthodox, which definitely works in MMA. But I just think Yanez is super technical. He doesn't really get hit much. And I think that. You know, as a full, complete MMA fighter, I think that he has been improving um, the other aspects of his game too. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Yanez does win too, Marcel. And, and the thing is, with Randy gassing so bad in that fight with, with Brand Davis, I do think there's a chance that Yanez could finish him late too. So I'm kind of leaning towards a late finish, like you are, man. I'm actually on the same page a little bit with that same kind of uh, feeling about the cardio, but it could go a decision too. Either way, I do expect Yanez to be the cleaner striker win the fight. Should be a great fight though. I love this fight, guys. You guys win just call Molly. That'd be a good one. What'd you say? Ladies and gentlemen, Adam goes against Sanford MMA. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, it's it, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I really like you know Costa and Sanford, but it's just Inez is a special fighter. I, I really Yeah, this yeah. Cole says I don't won't be surprised if Costa wrestles, especially if training Sanford. It's why he went there. It's how Inez lost to John Zaplarte. It's true. 
I believe those are split decision losses. They were close fights, but yeah, you're right. Both. I mean, that, that was how he would probably lose. I mean, it seems like that is the weakness of this game, the grappling, if anything. But I just think of the striking, he's very good. All right. Ian Heinish against Nazardine Imavov. I mean, this fight's this looks like a competitive fight. My, minus 150 for Ian Heinish, plus 130 for Imavov. What do you think of this one, man? It's a super odd fight, to be really honest, if you look ranking-wise, you know, yeah. because uh, Heinish is still ranked, and Imavov lost his last fight against Haas. It wasn't really a loss. It was very close, and Haas did a lot of wrestling in that, and Imavov did a lot of punching, almost punched him out in the third round. Uh, it was a very close fight. Um, and it, this matchup might make me think that the UFC actually uh, thought that Imavov won the fight, you know what I mean? Because they gave him Heinish now, a yeah. ranked fighter. Um, it's yeah, it's it's like what what's Heinish going to do, man? Heinish has looked has looked good against uh, a few opponents. He should look good against, for example, I think Gerald Murchard. Uh, he looked good against Antonio Carlos Jr. and Cesar Ferreira. But the three fights he lost are concerning, man. Omari Akhmadov loss is concerning to me. Uh, Derek Brunson is not because you can lose against him. But Calvin Gaslam, he he didn't have anything for Calvin in that fight, in my opinion, man. Maybe you you disagree, but I, I think no, I agree with you. Point. I actually agree. I'm surprised yeah. how like. I thought I thought Ian could win that fight, and he just did nothing for him. So I'm with you. Yeah. So I expect uh, if Heinish will win against Imavov, he has to probably go to Phil Hawsway and try to get him down and uh, out wrestle him. But I don't think it's going to happen, man. I think Imavov will uh, hit the switch and uh, will probably KO him, and probably later in the fight, I'm going with a third round KO for uh, Nasruddin Imavov. Imavov has hasn't looked. Amazing in the UFC, but he has looked solid so far, in my opinion, man. So I'm going with Imafov in this one. I got to be honest. I think this fight's really close. I'm a little bit on the fence on this one, guys. So I, I don't think I can give you a, like a 100% confident pick. Like I have some other fights right now. I'm still going to I'm gonna look a little bit deeper into this one because I think it's just such a close fight. Like they, they just they remind me of each other a little bit. I feel like this one's going to be these guys just against the fence for 50 minutes, jockeying position against the cage. That's honestly what I feel, feel like the fight's going to play out, Marcel. Can you see that happening too? It's possible, definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be an exciting fight. I think it's going to be a boring fight. I think it'll look like Haas and, and uh, Imavov just pushing against the fence. Williams and Imavov is very similar. You know, it's a yeah. tough fight to call. I mean, Heinish has looked good at times. He's looked amazing against like uh, Mearshart, good, good against Freya and Junior, but he's lost three of his last four and didn't look good in those fights and got like a wrestle. Just weird. Like sometimes he looks really good and other times he looks really bad. And Imavov, you know, I think he has looked decent. Um, and he's got like a lot of upside with the height and reach. It's a close fight. You know what, man? I guess I would lean towards Imovov too. I think you're. I think you might be onto something in this one. I think it's close, but I look at the upside. He's only 25 years old. Ian's 32, and to me, Ian really has not been performing much lately. And you know, as someone who did bet on Imovov in his last fight, I mean, I thought it was a. I thought it could have been a draw if anything. You know, I don't know if he won the fight, but I think there was. Wasn't there like a 10-8 round? One of the judges. Had a 10 it's right? possible, yeah. Third, yeah, yeah, yeah. Round. So it was, yeah. it was close. And I, like you saying, the matchmakers are probably acting like it was a win for him. So you, you thought they thought that he won the fight. So obviously they're giving you a chance in your fight. Someone's top 15. Again, it's a close fight. I'm like this right now, but I guess I would lean towards the plus 130 if I had to, you know, in a close fight. Um, a guy who's a little bit taller, a little bit younger, a little bit longer. I guess that's the guy I lean towards now that I think about it a bit more. But, you know, Heinrich is definitely a solid fighter. So, I just think it's going to be a very close fight. I'm pretty sure that fight goes in the distance, too. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I know you said finish, but I think it goes in the distance. Heinish is pretty durable, man, you know? All right, this fight, Punaheli Soriano and Brendan Allen. Can't wait to all this one of you. I think this fight's incredible. I think this is another fight of the night, Candy. I don't know why this fight's in the prelims when Mickey Gall and George Williams open up the main card. Someone explain <laughs> that to me. 
Oh, and it's another Sanford fight. I know, right? Oh, you're going to hear this one too, Cole. You're not going to like this one then. Um, <laughs> we got Puna Soriano from Extreme Couture against Sanford MMA's Brendan Allen Allen. I love this fight. It's a pick em. It's literally a pick em minus 110 each. So what do you think, man? Yeah, so uh, what, what you said right now, I think we have a different pick in this one. Um, so Puna Hele Soriano. Yeah, he is undefeated in the UFC. He's undefeated in his whole career, you know. But does he have the tools to go three rounds against uh, against Arnold Allen? I want to say against Brandon Allen? It's I don't know, man. He probably if he wins this fight, he has to knock him out in the first round. I think that's that's how I see it, you know. Brandon Allen uh, didn't look good in his last fight against Sean Strickland. I was kind of surprised by that, not because Strickland is bad, but I expected more from Allen, you know. Um, but yeah, he's now getting Puna Suriano. The thing is, he has to make sure that Puna doesn't hit him in the first round because if Puna hits him, he's out. You know, that, that's what, what's going to happen if Puna hits him. But I have faith in Allen that he knows how to keep distance. He's working with Henry Hooft. He's at Sanford right now. And I expect him to know to take distance, to manage distance, and uh, to keep it, if it stays on the feet, to keep his distance. But on the ground, he's probably a better fighter, I think, than Puna Soriano. So I expect Allen to, to keep his distance in the fir- first round, uh, try to gas uh, Puna Soriano. And um, wins the fight 29-28 via grappling in the second and third round. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I like both guys. It's just like the cost in Inez fight. Like, I don't like picking against either guy because I like them both. But, you know, I, I made the mistake against against uh, picking against uh, Puna's last fight with Dusko. I'm not making that mistake again. This guy's phenomenal. He is phenomenal. Uh, his wrestling is really good. And this guy has absolute bricks in his hand. Like, he can knock anyone out. Uh, he's super aggressive, always walking forward, throws bombs from the southpaw stance. Absolutely love it. And again, what I like about him is he's also a good wrestler. It's not just striking. He's a good wrestler, too. Allen is too one-dimensional for me. I love the kid. I really do. You guys know I bet on him the last fight with Carl Robertson. It was a nice win. I bet on him a couple times on the UFC. I think he's a really good fighter, but... The fight with Sean Strickland just it worries the, the hell out of me. I'm looking at that fight, and I'm like, man, he couldn't get him down. It was absolutely screwed when the fight was staying on the feet. I think the same thing happens here, honestly. I think he's in trouble if he can't get him down. So I'm leaning towards Punella Soriano. It's a pick em fight, so obviously it's close. But, you know, I think Puna can, can knock him out maybe too. Um, I, I do favor Puna in this fight, guys. I just think with the grappling, being with his dominant wrestling, he's very good in top control. I think Allen will struggle getting him to the ground. Um, especially in that first round where he's so dangerous with the, with the knockout power. So close fight for sure, as the odds indicate, but I'm leaning towards Puna. I, I, I like this guy a lot, man. He's very good. No props out for this fight, but I like Soriano, TKO, me too. I'm thinking that too. Yep, Durangi's update. Islam's fourth. He's good. That doesn't, that's that's crazy. I mean, he beat Moises, who's 14th, and jumped to fourth. Okay, that doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm not even going to argue with what, what Cole, I mean, doesn't make sense. Um, Mickey Gall and Jordan Williams. Let's talk about this one. Uh, opening uh, or sorry, current odds minus one sixty five for Jordan Williams, plus one forty five for Mickey Gall. What do you think of this one? Why is this fight opening the main card? Because I look at this fight, I think the loser gets cut. Why is this opening the main card? Explain to me. I don't understand it, man. Maybe they are still trying to build Gall or something. I have no idea. Come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Mickey Gall dodged the bullet when he withdrew against Miguel Baeza. We all know that, let's be honest. I have nothing against Mickey Gall, man, you know. But I think he isn't, he's not really UFC caliber, man. Let's be honest. No disrespect to the guy. But against Mike Perry, dude, Mike Perry even looked better than Gall on the ground. I mean, 
I know. Oh, you know, that that's really concerning to me. And my Perry is really not that good on the ground at all. Now you got Jordan Williams, who comes down from middleweight to welterweight right now. Um, got a good win in the contender series against Gregory Obama Rodriguez uh, via KO in the first round. Um, lost to Imavov in the close fight, I think, in his debut. But mm-hmm. um, the thing is, Williams aggressive, you know, early in the fight. And maybe if God can take him to the ground, God can control him there. But I'm really not going to go with Nicky Gall in this fight, man. I, I just can't, you know. I don't see it. If you get pretty, pretty much out grappled at some moments by Mike Perry, why, why would I go with him? You know what I mean? Gall's best way to win is on the ground. And that's always his best way to win. Yeah. I don't just don't see it, man. So I'm going with Jordan Williams in this one. Probably a decision. It's not a fight I'm really looking forward to, be really honest, man. But I'm going with Jordan Williams. I feel very, very similar about this fight again. I don't know why it's opening the main card. This should have been buried in the prelims. Uh, again, they, they really like Mickey Gall, I guess, still. But I don't. I, I think he's an okay fighter, and that's it. Yeah. I don't, think, don't get me wrong. I don't think Jordan Williams is some stud by any means. But, you know, the guy does have good striking, good boxing, and he's got power. And, you know, his, his wrestling's not – it's not bad. It's not too bad. Like, he can get on top of you, and also you can stuff the takedowns. Like, that fight with Ramazan, Kerr, Magomedov, like, that guy had a problem taking him down. You know, that, that guy's pretty good. And like you said, the knockover at Gregory Rodriguez, that looks really good now, doesn't it, guys? Like, after mm-hmm. Rodriguez had his amazing fight so in his debut. So, I, I you know, I, I would lean towards Williams here. It's just like, you know, I, I'm not thrilled about this fight by any means. You know what I mean, Marcel? It doesn't get me excited, but I have to lean towards Williams. I do think he's just – to me, he's the better striker, and I think that's what it comes down to. The fight's probably going to take place in the feet. I just don't see the improvements from Gall in the striking that I've wanted to see. Now, I'm really looking forward to hearing what your thoughts on this one are. And I want to hear Cole's thoughts because I think he interviewed both or just interviewed Macy anyways. But she's take, Macy Barber returns. She's taking on Miranda Maverick here. This matchmaking surprised me, Marcel. I really thought they'd give them, like, you know, veterans, both of them. But they gave them each other, which is surprising. But the winner is going to get, I would imagine, a top 10 opponent in their next fight. So it's... It's an interesting matchup. Minus one thirty for Miranda Maverick, plus one ten for Macy Barber. So uh, this guy Chris London, who listens to this podcast, sent me a message yesterday on Twitter and was like asking if I could give some thoughts on the line movement. So the line movement is interesting in this fight because Macy opened as the favorite, but the line quickly flipped, and Miranda got all this money early in coming in on her. I remember when the line opened, people were like, "Oh, Miranda's like minus one fifty. That's good value." Now the line's going even down. People are betting on Macy. So the line's it's going like this basically. It's really weird. Um, Give me your thoughts on this fight, man. Yeah, I mean, both are still very young. You know, Macy Barber is 23 years of age, and uh, Miranda Maverick is 20, 24, you know. So, um, you know, Macy Barber, she lost her last two fights. We know against Roxanne Modafferi, she got injured, but still she lost. And uh, against Alexa Grosso, she lost as well. So before that, she had some good wins, man. She won against Jillian Robertson, which uh, uh, also lost, which also Miranda Maverick has a win against, but that was a decision. Macy not, uh, uh, TK Oda in the first round. Uh, she also got wins over Eldridge and over uh, over Cyphers. The thing is, I don't know, man. She's uh, the new new camp again. She's now at Team Alpha Male, I think. So yep. um, maybe some improvements there. Miranda Maverick, I know she, you were really high on her when she, when she, they signed her in the UFC. She came off that the tournament win in Invicta, right? Oh. And um, I mean, she also had a, had a winner against Pro Gonzalez uh, b- right before she went to the UFC. Uh, wins over Liana Jojua with Dr. Stoppage with a huge cut over Jojua's uh, nose, I think. And uh, the Jillian Robertson fight was good. So the thing is, uh, st- style versus style. I think Barbara can do some stuff to Maverick, but 
I don't really feel comfortable picking Barber against Maverick right now, you know. I think Maverick has looked super solid so far, you know. And uh, I, I kind of uh, paid extra attention last time, you know, because you told me, like, uh, I, I was still on Robertson in that fight. And you were like, nah, man, Maverick's going to win that. I'm, I'm, you, were pre- you were super sure mm-hmm. about that one, you know. And Maverick impressed me. So um, Barber hasn't impressed me so far anymore since, since her win against Gillian Robertson. So the thing is... Um, I'm going with Maverick here, man. I think it's a close fight, but I'm taking Maverick via decision. Yeah, it's definitely competitive for sure. A little bit more competitive, I think, when I was watching back the fights again. Um, you know, but I do like Maverick, obviously. I mean, that's, I'm not, not going to go against my girl now. I mean, she's good, man. They're both decent young fighters, don't get me wrong, but I think Maverick's like someone that I think she could be someone that gives. Okay, I don't know if she's going to win the championship, don't get me wrong, because Valentina's pretty good, but I think she could get there. I think she could fight for the belt in a few years. You know, um, she's good, good grappler, good on top, especially. And I think her striking's quite good too. I think it's underrated. I think people don't talk about her striking enough. It's it's quite good. And I look at Macy, and obviously that's what everyone talks about her striking. It's the other way around. Everyone's talking about her striking. She's got power, right? She's a big girl. She has power, but her striking defense is really bad too. That's one thing I noticed when I was watching back her fights. Keeps her chin right up in the air. And she was getting tagged in that, by that girl, J.J. Aldrich, getting dominated in that fight. And then J.J. kind of gassed out and she, she took over. But that worries me, man. i got to be honest, against someone who is capable on the feet and on the ground like Miranda Maverick. I like Mar- Miranda Maverick in this fight, guys, honestly. I, I think she wins this fight. We get yeah, the comments here. I- Go ahead. Yeah, drop in. I'll get the comments. Like, go ahead. And also, and I think Macy really went poor when she lost her first fight as well in the UFC, mm-hmm. man. Uh, she really didn't take that very well. And then she lost another one. She got pretty much silent, you know, because yeah. she was really like, I'm going to be the first youngest champion, this and that. You know, and it's good to have confidence, you know, as a young athlete, I, I only support that. But it's not good when you are too confident in what you do and don't want to see the mistake you made in the first fight and, and purely uh put it on the on the injury you know, you know what i mean and there was something like and then her dad came also into it which was really <laughs> weird you know and uh, i hope for her man she 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 can come back not in a good way you know but this is a tough task man a two-fight losing skip and then going to, against maverick who has who has really got the streak going so yeah i mean that's yeah. a super tough fight i think i think it's a tough fight for two and again i'm looking at that fight with grasso the last fight taken down by grasso a couple times too you know that's that's a worry for me that is a worry, guys. And again, Montefiore dominates her, you know. She's super young. She's only 23. But again, Maverick's only 24. <laughs> She's like, it's just, I don't really, I don't love the match. I don't think I would have did this matchup. But mm-hmm. I, I got to go with, with my girl, Miranda. Valerie's asking, how good is Maverick on her back? Well, I think Jillian is like one of the best back takers in the sport, in, in that division. And she wasn't able to submit her. She had her, I think, in the second round, I want to say. Jillian did really well. Um, mm-hmm. But... Then after that, you saw her just exploding on top. So I, I mean, I mean, who's really that good on their on their back at, the, at this point? Not too many people. So I don't think Macy's going to put her back. I think if anything, Macy would win on the feet. You know, I don't. Or yeah, like you said, I guess Macy does have some ground and pound too. So I guess if she did get on top, I just think Maverick's too strong. And Sammy Davis, man, you got you hit the nail on the head here, my man. Farm girl strength. <laughs> this girl, I love that about her. I remember when I when I when I broke down the last fight, that was one of the points I made. Like this girl lives on a farm. Like she grew up on a farm. She's so focused on her fighting career and on her school. Like I was listening to an interview with her before the last one with Jillian. She was saying how like because she's a full-time student and a full-time athlete, she has to like manage like every 15-minute segment of her day. 
It's crazy, you know? But I, I like what this girl's doing. Let me just get some more comments. Borgen says he likes Barber plus money. Grassel's a stud. Her ACL got tore over Schwaka. No, no doubt about it. I agree with both those comments. Cole says she said her strike move much better. She took two rounds of your time back. That's true, too. I can see that. Manny says Maverick's very mature. I, I think so, too, man. I, I really like that about her. Whereas, and I, I would hope that Macy's a little bit more mature, but I still can't. Uh, that when she took the mic from Roxanne, that really bothered me. You know, Mar- Mar- Marcel. That was I know it, that was stupid. That was terrible. I think Rogan gave it to her, didn't he? Like it was. Yeah. It was really stupid. It was. It was a long time ago. Um, straight wager. Barber's overrated, beatable, and, and it's always a big bet. Yeah, Macy's our best when she's a pressure fighter. She lost on the outside. I agree with that too. Marcus says, I'm surprised the UFC made this matchup, Barber against Maverick. They're two marketable young prospects. I wouldn't have booked the fight. I'm with you. I don't love the matchmaking here. But again, you know, at this at, at this point in Macy's career, it's almost like it's sink or swim. They really just want to see, can she hang with someone that's, I think yeah. Maverick's ranked 15, right? So, I mean, can she hang with the, with the you know, 15th ranked fighter? I think, I'm not sure. I think, I think Maverick is now 13 and Barber is 14. I okay, so they flipped crazy. now. <laughs> of course they flipped, right? That always happens. All right, so we're both on the agreement on that one. All right, four fights left, guys. We'll go to this one here, featherweight division. Darren Elkins, Derek Minner, interesting fight. Right now, Derek Minner, minus 155. Darren Elkins, the damage, plus 135. What do you think, man? Yeah, man. I mean, I've picked Darren Elkins so many times, you know, and the thing is, every time I pick him, he actually, in my opinion, won, but he didn't get the fight because he got so much damage on his face. Um, If you look at Darren Elkins' uh, most recent fights, um, he won against Garagori in a fight he, he should have won, and indeed, you know, he stopped Garagori. I think he's he's a better fighter than Garagori. The fight before, I think we talked about that many times, the Nate Landwehr fight, where he lost. I think he won that fight, in my opinion, but he got so much damage on his face that uh, that uh, the judges were easily swayed to Landwehr. I've been in huge discussions on that on Twitter because people were like, you're absolutely insane. I was like, no, just watch the fight and stop watching it with commentary. Maybe you see yourself. Um, if you look at Derek Miller, I've underestimated him many times, to be really honest, man. Uh, he came to UFC as a as a regional veteran, you know, he fought for so many promotions. I lost to Grant Dawson, but he won the first round. He looked very good in the first round, then he got submitted in the second. The TJ Laramie fight was surprising to me. I didn't expect that to happen. He won first round guillotine choke. And then he defeated Charles Rosa as well. I think you picked him. I didn't. Uh, so, yeah, the, the thing here is, what I'm going to do here, I think it will be a close fight. I think Darren Alcas will come bloody out again. I think it will, like I said, a close fight. So Derek Minner is going to win the fight by unanimous decision because Darren Alcas will be very bloody again. And the judges will be easily swayed to Derek Minner here. And maybe Derek Minner also wins the fight. I don't say he doesn't. But the thing is, if this goes to decision and we see Darren, uh, we see Darren Alcas uh, open again with the uh, bloody and all over him, uh, Derek Miller gets a fight. I think it will be a decision. I think it will be a fun fight. I'm going with Derek Miller. Yeah, this one's pretty competitive too, I think. I'm a little bit on the fence with this one as well. Um, you know, just because of the matchup, the stylist they match up, right? Because like, Derek Miller obviously is a great grappler. I mean, we, we know that, right? Like he's he's phenomenal, especially mm-hmm. at top position. He's just amazing. Um, and even on the off his back, I mean, there's, there's not many guys with the triangle ability like he has. So he's just really good everywhere, but I'm still not sold on the striking and everything. You know, I don't know if he's a complete fighter yet, but he is trained with James Cross and those guys. He's trained with Grant Dawson now. That's his main training partner. So, I mean, he's trained with a great camp. Um, I just think the guy's a flawed fighter because you look at his record, a lot of stoppage losses, guys. So he's definitely not amazing, but he has gotten better. Darren Elkins, on the other hand, 
I just look at him, 37 years old now, so much, they call him the damage. Literally, it's such a good nickname for him, right? Because every fight Marcel's face is just cut up bloody. And again, that's why he lost to Nate Lambert, because I thought he did, I thought he outstruck Nate in that fight, but the, the, the cut, sure. what judge is not going to see that, right? So I, I get it. I understand. I get it. But, you know, the guy's been in some competitive fights, hard to finish. It's just like, he's been in so many wars, man. You know what I mean? Like at this point, it's, I don't know. And I look at one other thing, his takedown defense is in the 50% range, guys. It's not good. So he can be taken down too. So, I, you know, if Derek, if Derek Minner gasses, I think Darren could win. I mean, we saw, remember that Mirsad Bektic fight? Mirsad gassed out and he got knocked out. That could happen here because Minner, I don't think his gas tank's amazing. But yeah, I, I just, I, th I think we got to fade Elkins, man. He's just too old, Marcel. He's 37 now, coming off all these laws. I know he beat Garrett Gorey, but I don't believe uh, that guy's in the UFC, right? You, Eduardo, yeah, he got caught. So, anyways, uh, it's it's competitive, guys. I'm just leaning a little bit towards Minner, you know. But I, I'll think I'm going to think a little bit more about this fight this week. I will think about it. If, if you asked me this fight five years ago, I might go with Elkins. Oh, of course, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Yep. Boring says 35 is old at 145, especially if an athletic guy. I agree completely. That is such a concern now that I'm looking at it. Like 37 is old. I'll get these comments. I want to get Cole's comment to you. Boring says he's not great off his back. Elkins, can he stop the takedowns? I'm not sure. I think he could stuff some of them, but I don't think he could stuff all of them. And I mean, Minner's one of those guys that's relentless, right? Like he'll just go for the takedowns until he gets it. I want to get Cole's. I want to answer Cole's comment because I think it's it's a good comment, but also I want to respond to Cole because he says I don't get why people are saying they don't like the matchmaking. He's talking about Barber Maverick. What's the difference between this and Costa Yanez? The difference, Cole, in my opinion, is Macy's coming off two straight losses. That's the problem here. That's the only difference. If they were, if she was coming off a win, I wouldn't mind it. But she's coming off two losses and at risk of losing three straight fights at age 20, 23. That's 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 risky. So yes. that's that's my thought. I mean, Costa and Yanez come from both from wins, you know, two wins. And so if yeah. one of them loses, it doesn't really, yeah, maybe drops their, their stack a little bit, but or their stack a little bit, but not a lot, you know, they can still work. Macy loses three in a row, you know, it's it's tough, you know, and definitely at that age, how you come back, you still can come back, you know, many people have come back from yeah. three losses in a row, but it's still tough, you know, and definitely with somebody like Macy Barber, we said, like, like I said, she wanted to become the youngest champion in the yeah. division and she was determined to, to become that one. And now if she got three losses in a row, it's really discouraging, you know, so uh, that's why it's not the best way of matchmaking or if the UFC want to see probably if Macy still got it, you know, and still can make that step to the top of the division, they maybe want to see if she can. If she can, they go with Maverick and maybe see Macy even cut, you know, if she loses three in a row. It wouldn't be wouldn't be really surprising to me if they do it. Isn't it weird how we have two Macy's on the roster and they're both on this card? I just realized that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just realized that. Warren says Andrew Lee didn't get cut after three straight losses. Not only she didn't get cut, Marion Renault just had five losses in a row and she wasn't cut. She retired, but she didn't get cut after four straight. Kaylin Curran was one in six in the UFC until she got cut. She was one of the. Remember her? She wasn't good at all. Yeah, definitely the Hawaii, the Hawaiian girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she wasn't good. I think what was her record? I gotta see it. I can the old day in the podcast. I remember I used to be like, well, "Why is this girl in the rock? four and seven her overall record, Marcel? Holy crap, that's bad." Mm -hmm. And she got four straight. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think they'll cut Macy if she loses. Now, if she loses four straight, she loses her next fight. Yeah. But I think if she does lose, they'll give her – I would hope they give her, like, whoever's at the worst fighter in this division. I, don't, I can't even think who it would be right now. Who's the worst fighter at flyweight? Antonina? 
125. Uh, or Arian Litsky. Who isn't ranked at one? Priscilla Cachoeira? There you go. There's one. The girl she beat, Gina Mazzini. That's the one you can yeah, use to fight. Yeah. yeah, the girl got knocked out. All right. She's three, still there. Yeah, three fights left. Kyler Phillips and Raleigh and Pivot at 135. Love this fight. Raleigh and Pivot, guys, make sure you realize he's moving up on weight here. He, he was supposed to fight at flyweight a few weeks ago, I think, and he got sick. And he, the fight with – I can't remember who it was. Let me double check. It, it fell apart the last second. David Dvorak. And Dvorak fought some guy, um, Juan Carlos Juan, Camillo. Juan Camillo Rundero, yeah, and that guy just tested positive for weed, apparently. Like, like that yeah. matters. So stupid. Um, anyways, so Kyler wasn't Phillips right now. Go ahead. Wasn't weed, wasn't weed, by the way. I think it was cocaine. Oh, it was cocaine? Oh, there you go. That is partying. Wow, geez, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, minus 265 for Kyler Phillips, plus 225 for Rally and Piva. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, so Rolly and Paiva, um, man, dude has a tough life, you know. Um, we all know, if you don't know his story, look it up. He was with, I, I got to tell this for people who don't yeah, know it. Um, he was with his girlfriend uh, at a bar. Uh, they, uh, his girlfriend got uh, in, in, in a certain uh, bad conversation with people. So they, they left the bar when they were on, on his, uh, on his uh, bike or his motorbike or whatever. Uh, they got uh, hit by a car on purpose. She was dead. He was injured, so uh, very bad. You know, uh, after that, he was gonna fight in the contender series. He really didn't felt to do anymore. But his girlfriend was always determined. Like, do what you have to do this for your career. You're finally there. Go, go, do it. You know, and uh, with that in mind, he did it, and he won a split decision. Great fight against Alan Nascimento. Got signed by the UFC. Then loses in his debut against Kai Kara France, a split decision, which was a home cooking decision, in my opinion. I think he won that fight. After that, he got a cut against Rogero Bunturin. He just had some bad luck, you know. Uh, then he won two straight now against uh, Mark De La Rosa and Zalga Zumagulov, you know. And the Zumagulov fight was kind of wasn't. I think Zumagulov could have won this fight. Let's be really honest. Um, now, Kyler Phillips, this is a tough task, man. Kyler Phillips has looked really solid in the UFC so far. Was supposed to fight Rafael Sansao, now gets Paiva. Um, man, I love Kyler Phillips, man, how he's looking in the UFC. His debut was great against Gabriel Silva, was a fight of the night uh, performance. Then he stopped Cameron Els in the second round, was also performance of the night. And then he finally is the first guy to stop uh, or to win against Song Yadong in the UFC, officially win against Song Yadong in the UFC. So... For me, it's like for Carlo Phillips, this is actually a weird fight, you know, for him to take against Paiva, a guy in the flyweight division. Um, but it's a tough fight, I think. I think Paiva is a really good fighter. Carlo Phillips is as well. Uh, I got to go with Carlo Phillips. It, it, it breaks my heart, honestly, to go not with Paiva, but I got to go with Carlo Phillips, man. I think Phillips uh, has all, all things going for him. He looks good on the ground. He's solid with his striking. I really like him. I think he can go far in the, in the, in the division. I'm not going with a finish, but this is also a contender for fight of the nine, in my opinion. I'm going with a decision win for uh, Carlo Phillips in this one. Yeah, no, I love this fight. They're both super young. They're only uh, – Kyler's 26 and Raleigh's 25, so they're super young. Um, I am worried about rallying coming back so soon after that weight cut miss. That does worry me a little bit. Like, I'm surprised he didn't take more time off because, you know, if a guy's not cleared to fight on weigh-in day, I mean, they usually are in the hospital, right, from a bad weight cut. So I don't know exactly what happened. Obviously, we weren't there, but we just know that he didn't fight, and that does concern me. Um, for me, I think Paiva definitely is being a little bit undervalued here. I think the line is a little bit too high. As much as I like Phillips, I think he's great. I just think I look at Phillips almost 3-1 to one now. Some books 3-1, to one, and that's a little high. 
for a guy who's an underdog in his last fight, which I hate. I love the plus money. And I like the kid. Don't get me wrong. I think Phillips is great. I, I think this guy, I think he wins the fight. I, I'm going to pick him. I just think the line's a little high because Paiva definitely is a good striker too, man. Good ground game. So and what, he might be a better fire at 135. That, that just adds another variable to this fight that I hate. And, you know, as much as I like Phillips, that third round did worry me in that last fight, Marcel against Yadong. That third round, because he was dominating that fight and then he just gassed so hard. I was surprised by that. Um, still think he probably gets the win here. I'm, I'm thinking decision two, like you. And the one thing I'll say is, you know, his striking's great, but I think he does have good grappling too, underrated grappling. And the last fight with Yadong, he would go for those takedowns when to seal the rounds, and I like to see that. So smart fighter, good fight IQ. I like Collar Phillips, man. I, I think he wins, but again, I just think the line's a little bit high, considering again he wasn't he was an underdog in his last fight. So for him to go to three to one favorite now, that's a that's a big turn. Two fights mm. left, guys. Co-main event: Aspen Lag, Macy Chason, women's one thirty-five, minus one seventy-five for Aspen Lag, plus one fifty-five. Macy Chason, what do you think, man? Yeah, you know I like Aspen Ladd a lot, man. I think she's a great fighter. Uh, she got one loss in the UFC and in her whole career got Jermaine Durandamy, that quick fight. But besides that, man, she looks good against Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, she did good, look good against Eubanks. Avenger Landsberg, she got all those wins. And before that, she looked good in Invicta as well. You know, she's a really solid fighter. I like her ground game a lot. I think her striking is is okay, you know, but her ground game is pretty good and, and, and her ground upon is vicious. If you look at Macy Chason, um also a good fighter but doesn't have the names on the record that aspen lad has you know she defeated marion renault who lost six in a row you know she defeated shanna young who wasn't in her league to be really honest uh lena landsberg she lost against her unanimous decision that was surprising to me man i thought she saw would uh, yep. would really do whatever she wanted in that fight you know i think she was a heavy favorite in that one as well but she didn't and before that against sarah morris she didn't really looked good in the first round i think but she came back and she she defeated her you know so for me it's like i think shayson is still young i think she is uh was she 27 28 29 how old is she i don't know but i think she's still pretty young for the division um aspen no macy macy shayson okay aspen is 26 macy the double check 29 so a little bit older whoa she's she's even older okay crazy i think aspen is much more experienced to be really honest and uh i think aspen is overall a better fighter i think aspen in this fight i think she finishes the fight with ground and pound as well wow. so maybe wow, so that, yeah. that's the bold prediction here because i don't think predicting lad to win is bold but i think getting a finish would be bold because she's um, what's her name? Chason's never been finished. Well, she was stopped as an amateur, but never been in, as a professional. I like both fighters too. Again, you know, there's some big fights in this card because, and this is another one. Both fighters are good fighters. The winner gets a title shot. Would you say? You think they're gonna get Nunes? Mm, I don't know, man. You have Irene Aldana who defeated Yana yeah. Kuniskaya. You know, you got um, uh, Tate. What I know, it's not That's a title true. shot worthy, but you don't know. You know, the, there is a story by, there. By so. the way, I just saw some hilarious tweet. Misha Tay has the same amount of wins in the last five years as Mr. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Yeah, I saw that as well. <laughs> That's too funny. All right, yeah. so my thoughts on this fight, I think they're both good fighters. You know, Shayson, I like a lot. I, I think she's got good striking. We saw that against Renault. Um, I think she broke her nose in that fight, right? That pretty much turned the fight around. Decent grappling, too. But, again, I do look at that fight with Nina Landsberg. And that, that one, I just – it was two years ago. But still, the fact that she was pulled by right? grapp – pardon Super weird, man, to me yeah, as well. Yeah, it's, 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 one, of, it's like one of those fights like Michael Johnson, Dustin Poirier, where you just yeah. you scratch your head and go, how did he win? You know, Or like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dennis Hallman and Matt Hughes. Remember he beat him twice? Like there's always these, yeah. Yeah, there's always these weird like like uh, 
you know, wins and losses than May. Anyways, I don't think Macy, Macy's as bad as she was in that fight, but I don't think she's as good as maybe she's shown at times either. I think she's a decent, solid fighter. Is she a talented fighter? I don't know. Lad, to me, seemed like someone that could be here for a while. Like, you saw what she did to Yana. Um, even the other fights with, like, Avenger and Eubank just dominated them. I mean, her ground and pound is vicious, right? Like, Landsberg, too. Gets in top position on the ground, this fight could be a wrap. So, I don't know. I mean, she's she hasn't fought in two years. That's the concern here. She has not fought in a while. And she's coming off a major ACL injury or knee injury. So that's that's also a concern. Um, and also, I mean, we've seen we've seen her have tough weight cuts, Marcel. She's a big fighter for this division. And the Jermaine Durandamy fight, you know, the flash knockdown, probably because of a bad weight cut early in that fight. That's always a concern with Aspen Lab. But I think overall as an MMA fighter, she's the better, more well-rounded fighter. I would lean towards her in this fight. I'm just saying Chase on. She has a path to victory. She can keep it standing because I think she does have probably a better striking and power. All right. Main event time, guys. Last fight. TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen. Marcel, I can't wait to talk about this one with you, man. It's going to be fun. Let me get this comment quickly. Jose said Michael Johnson, faster hands at Dustin. Good take down defense to avoid Dustin's grappling. For sure. No doubt about it. I mean, there's, there's a reason he won the fight. I'm just saying, like, it, it does. it's one of those ones where people look at and they see what Dustin's done since then and they see what Michael Johnson's done since then and it just makes you go, like, how did that happen, right? But I know you're saying, Jose, every matchup's different, right? And that's why we do see upsets like that because it's matchup dependent. So let's talk about this one, Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw. Right now, Corey Sanhagen minus 190, TJ Dillashaw plus 165, former teammates in Denver, Colorado. So interesting fight here, Marcel. TJ Dillashaw has not fought in over two years due to a PED suspension, which he has been open out front about. Corey Sanhagen coming off a flying D knockout win over Frankie Edgar. Marcel, give me your pick for the main event of UFC Vegas 32. Corey Sanhagen against TJ Dillashaw, or how we call it, Cole Shelton's wet dream. Um, yeah, it's a great fight. Um, yeah, man, I, I love this fight. You know what they say? Corey, Corey Sanhagen has looked phenomenal in the UFC. He only, he only got one loss against Aljamain Sterling, you know, the quick one. But after that, man, knocking out Marlon Moraes with a wheel kick and then knocking out Frankie Agar with a flying knee within 30 seconds. That's how you go back, or that's how you come back after after a loss, a quick loss against Sterling. You look amazing, I think. Um, also, if you look at TJ Dillashaw, yeah, it's been such a long time ago, right? He is uh, he's 35 now. Uh, he hasn't fought for two years. Uh, finally back, two and a half years, actually. Uh, last fight against Henry Cejudo got knocked out within 32 seconds. And I think that will have a stall on TJ by not fighting such a long time. Uh, fighting now a very hungry contender in Corey Santing and a former teammate. Those guys know how they fight, what they do. I'm going with a bold prediction here. I think Corey Santing knocks him out in the first round. Whoa, there you go. That's a that, There's a bold prediction. I'll tell you that right now. I want to get these comments. Born Again says, Sanhagen by TKO plus 160. Cole says, um, so he's with you. Cole says, maybe I'm crazy. I still have questions about Sanhagen. Can he go five rounds? Has he improved his takedown defense and grappling since the Sterling loss? Um, for my pick, I picked Dillashaw by late TKO. I think he wrestled Sanhagen tears him out. That's definitely possible too, Cole. So this is an interesting fight, obviously. I mean, TJ Dillashaw, you know, I, I was so disappointed when I heard that he did test positive because – his like resurgence or his like emergence as a champion when he beat Brown and stuff like that was unbelievable. I mean, what he did was un- amazing, but it's so tainted now, Marcel. Like he was obviously on juice the whole time, so it just makes you question his whole career now. Like I just I wonder, like what what can we say that uh, maybe T.J. Dillashaw ruined Hannah Barrow's career? Possibly for sure. I mean, it's definitely yeah. possible to say that. I mean, Hannah was never the same. 
don't get me wrong. TJ was still a good fighter even before that. I mean, yeah, the guy sure. obviously got wrestling, comes from a wrestling background. The striking is phenomenal. We know that. But two and a half year layoff is really concerning to me for sure. I, I almost fade anyone coming off that layoff. This card's interesting because you have like four or five guys coming off layoffs, guys. You have um, you have obviously uh, TJ, Aspen Ladd. She's a female, but she's coming off a layoff. Then you have, um, what's his name? Julio uh, Arce coming off a layoff. And, and uh, Goldie, also a long layoff. Like four fighters with two year layoffs. That's interesting. Will they all four of them lose? I don't think so. So I think one of them will probably win. Don't know who it's going to be, but I don't see all of the four of the layoff fighters losing either. Um, I did pick two of them to win, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting fight just because I still feel like saying, I'm with Cole. I think he's a little bit unproven still. Like, I, I love the kid. Don't get me wrong. I bet on him. And I think all of I think I bet on him in all his fights, including the Sterling fight, I believe. But I, I still think we got to see more of him with the five rounds and with the grappling too. So I think there are questions, but I have more questions about about uh, TJ with the layoff. Same. I, Same. I and and the steroid and the PEDs, um, EPO. I mean, he was known for his cardio, right? How's he going to look without the juice now with the EPO? That really did help him with with his cardio. I, I just Marcel. I, I feel like a lot of time when these guys get busted for PEDs and they take a long time off, come back, they lose, and I feel like that's what's going to happen here. So I'm going to take Corey Sandhagen, but there is a path to victory for TJ if he grapples. I think if he grapples and he like, remember the John Lineker fight just took him down, that would be how he wins this fight. And again, seeing Corey get submitted like that last year by Sterling just basically grabbed him in the clinch and backpacked him and got the back back control and the, the submission. That's a worry. But the striking is good. The length and reach are phenomenal for this division, and the confidence is there too. And I do like the fact that everything I'm hearing about their their former like training sessions. Sure seems like Corey was the one getting the better in, in the training. So who knows what that's going to translate in the cage. I'm leaning towards Corey Sanhagen, guys. Knockout, possibly. I mean, TJ just got knocked out his last fight by Henry Cejudo. I think it's also possible this goes the five rounds, but definitely possible. T Let me check. T Corey Sanhagen, yeah, a lot of knockouts too. Four to seven wins in the UFC by KO. I don't know. I mean, with the layoff, with the, yeah, I guess a knockout is definitely possible. So we'll see. Let me get these comments. AJ, my man. Let's let's effing go. Absolutely, AJ. I'll see you Thursday, AJ. We'll talk about some MMA on then for 4 p.m. on Thursday. Corey Sanhagen plus 800 for a first-round knockout. I mean, Marcel likes that. Eight-to-one money. Wins taking Sanhagen. Needs steroids. Has a lot of mentality and confidence. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, I think that, um, you know, TJ could win this fight. I, I don't want to overlook him. I think maybe some of us are overlooking him right now a little bit because he hasn't fought in forever. Don't forget, this guy literally was the best bandweight in the world. He didn't lose his belt. He had to give it up because he tested positive at 125. So remember that. He's still a good fighter, I think. But I feel like the sport might have passed him by in the last two years, Marcel. That's a big difference, Marcel. Two and a half years is a big difference in the sport. So much has changed. That's it for this podcast, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. This was a lot of fun, Marcel. That was, that was a fun one, guys. This card's underrated. Yeah. Going through with you guys, man, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for this one. Marcel, get, tell everyone where they can find you, man. Let's get out of here. Big Marcel24, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook uh, for MMA DNA, also Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And uh, MM Adam Martin, let's go, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you guys follow me on Twitter at MM Adam Martin. Podcasts on uh, MAOdsbreaker.com, it's on our YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you get your podcast, guys. Appreciate everyone tunes in, ask questions. Love doing the podcast with Marcel. And on Thursday, again, I'll be back with AJ. Let's try to think what else I got going up. Uh, BJPen.com, all the news there, MyMMAnews.com. Uh, and Mayoddsburger.com, like I mentioned, uh, and Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting had a great week last week. I'm expecting another solid week, hopefully. So 
I'll have my uh, article on Friday there, but I'll be back Thursday with AJ. Have a great day, guys. And it's going to flash con from Border Gang. He says TJ's contemporaries cruise a sunset brow. Yep, you're right. And look at those guys. And Cruz is still fighting, but Sunsaw hasn't fought for him. Burrell's he's basically wiped off the face of planet Earth at this point. So it just shows that how much has really changed in the last two and a half years. All right, guys, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Peace.